Welcome to another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast. JC Online through SoundCloud. Uh, Mike Carmen covers Purdue Sports for the Journal and Career. JCOnline.com and all those other fine entities. Uh, recording on Friday uh, afternoon. Uh, big football game on Saturday between Purdue and Nebraska. Uh, men's basketball tonight against Valpo. Won't touch, more, won't touch a lot on that um, just because it's uh, – it's coming up here shortly, uh, but football is the kind of the main topic of uh, of my time uh, today, and uh, I'm sure as you've seen, uh, there's been some opt outs uh, from the program. Uh, it started um, when Jared Sparks uh, elected to opt out, according to Jeff Brom's words, um, and that he he was not present for the. Um, I don't believe he was present for the game at Minnesota, and he wasn't present uh, for the game against uh, Rutgers. Uh, but Jeff said he opted out, and then uh, on Thursday, uh, Jeff said there's a, a handful, and then multiple people that have opted out um, fr- from the season. Uh, and what that means is that they're they're not going to finish the season; they remain on scholarship if they are on scholarship. And then Jeff said that they would uh, address uh, each player after the season to decide what the future direction will be. Uh, I'd be shocked if any of the players come back. Um, this is, you know, this is what's happening. Uh, it's not just happening at Purdue. It's happening uh, elsewhere. And until the, the, until the players, I guess, speak out and say why they've opted out, and I must say that Ahmad Anderson, the receiver, has put his name in the transfer portal, which is different than just opting out. I would assume that any the players that have opted out, and we still don't know exactly the names other than Sparks, uh, that they'll eventually end up in the transfer portal and uh, decide to uh, go elsewhere, um, because I don't I don't see them coming back. Um, you know, part of this is trying to shape the, the 2021 roster, to be honest. And, you know, Brahms got to make t- some decisions, and I think he probably already has, even though he's not going to really talk about it, uh, regarding the, the seniors uh, that will be honored Saturday before the game and who's coming back, who's not coming back. You know, J.D. Dellinger, the kicker, has basically said he's not coming back. It's just time to move on. Uh, Grant Hermans has left it up in the air. You know, Jackson Anthrop would like to come back. And, of course, Lorenzo Neal wouldn't talk about it. Uh, and there's other players. You got Derek Barnes, um, who played really well last week for the targeting penalty. And, you know, I think it, he's probably moving on uh, to the next step uh, in the NFL. And he's probably, I, w- I would guess, somehow, some way, uh, figuring out if that's the right step. But... Um, I think there'll be some seniors that come back and some that you, you want to come back if, if you're Purdue. You'd like to have Greg Long back because, you know, right now, you know, you're only scheduled to play seven games and no idea what's going to happen in the crossover game in December and no idea about a bowl game. So you only had him for seven games, He's a graduate transfer, and uh, he, he has played well. If, you know, you listen to, to Jeff Brom and, you know, if you watch some of it, and I'm not going to claim I'm an expert 
at the offensive line, but you know Greg Long has been a nice addition there, and you'd like to have him back as you as you look and build uh, a team for the the for the full twenty twenty one season. But you know there, there's other players there that um, that you you you're not going to want back or not or not expecting to come back. Uh, so and that's the balance because everybody gets a free year from an eligibility standpoint. So guys like Anthrop and Burns and uh, all the fifth-year guys are eligible to, to come back or they're eligible to go somewhere else and play as long as there's a scholarship available. And that's that's kind of the thing is the, those seniors can come back and they won't count against the, uh, the 85 scholarship limit, but that scholarship still has to be paid for somewhere along the line. And who's gonna who's gonna pay for that? With Purdue and other schools really strapped for money right now, uh, and they're re- just really careful how they spend their money. If if you are spending money in athletics, it's usually on football and men's basketball, and you're not spending uh, a lot of money on other sports that that don't give you some sort of revenue return. With football, and men's basketball, the games get on TV, you get part of the TV contract, and that's why. You know, you're seeing as many games as possible get on TV. That's why Purdue basketball played a game at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday. Uh, I think the option for that was either 7 o'clock streaming or 3 o'clock TV, and um, they they chose TV because the more games you get on TV, the more um, the, more the, the networks pay. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of simple. Uh, and that's why I, you know, I know there's some talk out there about what the Big Ten's going to do with the crossover week. You know, the Big Ten championship game will be played. Not sure exactly who's going to be in it right now, but uh, it'll be played. But the six other games, if 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 there was no TV money involved in that, I, I would say they're not even. You know, why bother? Why bother watching Penn State play Nebraska again or Penn State play Illinois or Rutgers play Illinois or Purdue play Rutgers again or Purdue play Michigan State? Um, I'm not sure it's, it's, it's worth it. Uh, where are you going to play the games? Um, initially, there was talk of going to domes to play, which costs money and you're not going to get any revenue out of the games other than TV, you know, ticket sales, nothing like that. So you're just kind of throwing money into the wind and let it, letting it blow away. Now, you know, they do have the Dome in Indianapolis for a couple days. You could play, I mean, realistically, you could play two games on Friday and two games on Saturday. Now, the championship game got moved to noon on Saturday, December 19th. Um, but you could play a game after that. So you, you could play four games uh, in the Dome with enough time to sanitize and get everything cleaned up for the next game. Uh, that's feasible, but beyond that, you know, if, you're gonna, if, if they're committed to playing those games, they should play them on campus. Uh, and don't talk about the weather because you're playing on campus sites the week before and the weather's not going to be that much different in seven days. Yeah, there could be a snowstorm. It could get really cold, or it could be really warm. Just take your chances if 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 you're going to do it. But I think I've talked about this before. But um, I, I'm not sure there's a need to play those six other games. But 
Um, if the Big Ten wants that money, then and the TV networks want to do it. Um, I think that's what's going to happen. But back, but back to the opt-outs on Saturday. Th- there will be some guys missing, uh, but I- I'm not sure. Well, I'm pretty sure that uh, there, you know, uh, there's no starters as of right now that I'm aware of that'll that'll be missing. Uh, most of the guys that have opt out, based on the information I've been told, are, are backups um, now. But this this will leave a position at Purdue. Uh, really thin for Saturday and then for the bucket game uh, because uh, of who has uh, opted out. Um, and again, it's, it's not any starters. It's just it's going to leave it's going to leave one position pretty thin. And you know, and that's that's the danger of these. And you know, I tell you, it, it's it's the running back position that's going to get thin. And there's probably going to be three running backs. That'll be going through warmups um, on Saturday, and you know it's something that you know we'll watch and kind of see. And Chris Barclay could be out there with just three running backs um, going through pre pregame warmups. And uh, of the guys that I that I've heard that has that I opted out, most of them are on the offensive side. Uh, and there's uh, a defender that has that has opted out. And I know there's a lot of oh social media talk and Twitter buzz about. Well, nobody wants to play for Bob Diaco. Nobody wants to play on defense because they hate it. Well, as of right now, there's only there might be one or two defensive guys that have decided to do it. Um, and you know that this guy's not a starter. Um, he has played, but um, he, he's not a he's not a starter. But um, so opt outs. You know, it's up to you know everybody's got a reason. Everybody's you know, going to decide on their own why they're doing it. Um, it could be for a variety of reasons. Um, and uh, until they say so, it's just pure uh, speculation from that standpoint. How does it affect Saturday's game? Again, it could affect the running back position a little bit, but uh, Horvath and DeRue have held up uh, pretty well so far, uh, especially uh, Xander Horvath. So, you know, it, it you don't want to you don't want to crush a couple crushing injuries there uh but i think you could uh i think you could uh, make do if something did happen but obviously you don't want anything uh to happen so i i don't think it'll impact the game on saturday that much now there could be others that have opted out that that that, that we don't know about and it could be um it, it could affect the game a little bit uh, more deeper than what uh as we sit here on friday afternoon talking about it so still got time to 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 see how this all works out and how it affects the team and how it affects everything um but this is a big game for purdue not because they can win the uh win the big 10 west or heck even finish second right now i think it's a big game because you've got a lot of things swirling around the program even with the opt-outs um, and just how poor the defense has played uh, in certain situations. Um, so, I mean, I, I think they need a win just to um, kind of calm the waters a little bit, just kind of settle things down, uh, get some confidence back, uh, and, you know, kind of proceed forward and give them a little momentum going in uh, to the bucket game, which 
Um, could be a huge game for Indiana. Um, uh, as far as the uh, uh, the Big Ten East is concerned, depending on if Ohio State can play uh, at Michigan on that weekend. So, you know, that's shaping up to be a huge game for them. And you know, it would give Purdue a chance if they can win Saturday to climb over 500 uh, going into the crossover games, if there are any uh, crossover games. But, you know, Purdue's going to have to play better on defense. And, you know, part of that is third down. They've got to get off the field on third down. They're going to face two running quarterbacks. They faced a running quarterback last week uh, in the second half with Rutgers, and they couldn't get off the field. Uh, the offense didn't have the ball a lot, and I think that's a common theme. Uh, these last two games against Minnesota and Rutgers is that uh, both teams really suck the air out of uh, um, the time of possession and gave uh, Purdue's offense this limited opportunities. You know, you, the game at Minnesota, you felt, you know, they got behind and had a chance to catch up at halftime but didn't get a touchdown, didn't get a field goal. You know, they come out the second half and they scored, but then Minnesota scored. But you felt every time Purdue got the ball, it was a must-score situation, and they did uh, until the end of the game. And you felt the same way with Rutgers. Um, You know, once Rutgers started to get going, uh, you felt Purdue had to answer every time, and they were, and they were answering. Um, You know, they got in the second half. They got a a couple 10-point leads. Uh, Then the kickoff return just kind of changed everything, and then the interception uh, then Barnes getting ejected for, for targeting uh, just kind of led to the whole downhill slide uh, of things. But uh, the defense must get off the field on third down and, you know, been preaching about it, been talking about it, been writing about it. they got to find a way to get pressure on the quarterback, but maybe it's just, that's just not going to happen this year based on the, on the scheme and the system that uh, it doesn't, you know, Bob Diaco doesn't value, maybe doesn't value quarterback pressure, doesn't value disrupting the quarterback, or it all has to come within rushing three or rushing four. Although Purdue did blitz a little bit more uh, last week, but they didn't get home. Uh, the safety where they got the sack was just a one-on-one battle won by Branson Dean. There was no blitzing involved. They did hit the quarterback a couple times. I think Jalen Graham and Demarcus Mitchell now, Mitchell got got a penalty for going low on the quarterback. But, you know, they were just a, a second or t- second or half second too late to to cause a, a disruption play. But maybe, you know, th- maybe this is just what um, Diaco's system is. You know, sit back, let them gain yards, but keep them out of the end zone. But the problem is they're not keeping teams out of the end zone. They're letting them move down the, move down the field. And then score, and score touchdowns, and you know that that's a problem. That's a big problem. Uh, so, yeah, you know, the defense has to play better, and the offense obviously needs to continue uh, playing at the level that it has been playing. I think Jack Plummer's been pretty good. He's had a couple interceptions. Uh, you know, Rutgers played tighter coverage on the receivers, so he had to be a little bit more precise uh, with his throws. Produce starting to get a running game the last couple weeks. And if they can continue that, you know, get good balance there offensively. Obviously, they have the weapons uh, with Moore and Bell and, you know, the tight end group 
to to get in the end zone on on a consistent basis. They're still, you know, they were they had four red zone touchdowns last week, which is a step forward. But it took him till third down, I believe, on two of them to get in. Um, so even I think they were first and goal from the one uh, both times, and it took them took them on third down uh, to get in. That's uh, it's nitpicking a little bit, but you get to third down in that situation, you start to you start to worry if okay, they're going to have to settle for a field goal or what you know what's going to what's going to happen here, but. I think you like the way the offense is playing right now. You just got to get your defense uh, to get some stops, uh, a stop or two. And you'd like for your defense not to allow uh, the opponent to score on the opening drive. It's three straight games where Northwestern Minnesota and Rutgers have scored on their opening drive. Uh, Northwestern and Minnesota scored on the game's first drive. And then Rutgers scored uh, after Purdue had scored on uh, its opening drive. So, you know they've got to come out a little bit stronger uh, and try to try to take control of the game a little bit. Meanwhile, Purdue's got to figure out a way offensively to keep the pressure on um, and and avoid turnovers, avoid penalties, uh, and just get the ball in the end zone as much as possible. And that's probably what this is, season has come down to: is that Purdue's just have to figure out a way uh, to get one more point uh, than the other team, uh, whether that's through special teams or a defensive play or you know, something on offense. And the other thing, defense hasn't forced a turnover in uh, two games. Uh, it's only one the last three, so they're not getting takeaways. Uh, so there's a whole host of things that are going on uh, defensively for for Purdue uh, as they get ready to play Nebraska. Nebraska's got some running quarterbacks uh, that will give Purdue problems. Um, you know, uh, Wayne Dale Robinson is their number one receiver. He also will line up uh, in the backfield and and play running back a little bit. Um, but they don't right now. They don't have a lot of um, scary weapons out there outside of the quarterback position that uh, y- you think you could keep them under control. But just really curious how the defense plays this week because Jeff Brom said he was more involved in the preparation. Um, than he had been all year. And sometimes that can be – sometimes that doesn't work. Um, so, you know, are they more aggressive? Are they more um, – are they more in line with what he wants to do? And, you know, you can criticize Nick Holt all you want, but the one thing that uh, Purdue did under Holt in his three years is they were aggressive and they swarmed to the ball. You know, that was a teaching point in practice and that carried over into games where you had multiple guys around the ball uh, virtually every play. And I'm not sure we're seeing that uh, right now. Uh, So, you know, different philosophy, different approach. Uh, One doesn't, one's not better than the other right now because I don't, you know, I'm not, from a number standpoint, Purdue's defense is better in certain categories, but they're not better in certain categories from last year. And when the season's all done, it won't be a fair apples-to-apples apples comparison because you don't have any non-conference games where last year you did. And you can you can just stack up conference games, but it's such a weird year because of everything that, that has gone on, the lack of practice time, the lack of – all this other stuff that, you know, it's, it, it is really hard, I think, to, 
do a straight, this defense is worse or better than last year um, just because of the uniqueness of of this season. Um, so Purdue's going to, you know, it, I think Purdue needs, I was just said, I think Purdue needs a win just to get itself back on track. And, I, you know, I think Jeff Brom needs to show a little bit more fire, a um, little bit more passion. And I know he's tried to control his temper, control uh, what he his mannerisms on the sideline. Uh, he's tried to be more calm. Uh, he doesn't want to. Um, he doesn't want to put more pressure, or at least perceived to put more pressure on his team by, you know, maybe getting in in the quarterback's face or, you know, you know, chewing in his ear. Uh, so he, he's he's tried to to balance that out, um, but I also think that he's kind of denied who he is and how he goes about his business. Uh, you know, I just think these last few weeks he's been pretty – now he's, he's gone after the officials. He's, he's done that stuff. But when it comes to his team, um, you know, I'm not sure he's been as passionate and as fiery um, as he was in year one um, or, even, or even at times in year two. Um, you know, I'm a big believer you, you are who you are. And that's how you do it, whether it's on the football coach or in the in the corporate world. That's you know you are who you are, and you can just go ahead and be that person. And it doesn't you know again he doesn't want to lash out every time the quarterback throws an incomplete pass, but sometimes your team needs a kick in the butt, or your quarterback needs a kick in the butt. Somebody needs a kick in the butt, and the head coach is the one uh, to deliver it. Um, you know, maybe he needs to throw a chair before the game. Maybe he needs to orchestrate something like he has in the past. Um, but there, there is something missing. Uh, there's some sort of disconnect, uh, I believe, with with him uh, and his team, and whether that relates to the defense or not. You know, really not sure. But something has been amiss here the last couple weeks. I think you know they got off to a good start, two and zero. Uh, they were feeling good. The schedule was not daunting, and Northwestern was going to be a tough game. Northwestern was the better team. But then the Minnesota game, things kind of unraveled where the defense just couldn't do anything. And then the whole, you know, offensive pass interference call. And, and, and if that call's not made, produce three and one, have no idea how last, last week's game turns out. You know, could Purdue be sitting here four and one? With a, a, an outside chance to win the West, possibly. Uh, so, but those first two games were rather close too. So Purdue easily could be sitting here one and four uh, as well. But um, there's just something that you know, there's just something that needs to get reconnected. I think uh, in the program, amongst the coaching staff, amongst Brom and his players, and um, get. You know, kind of get that, get it back on track. Uh, and it, you know, you don't want to fake it. Uh, you just, you just be who you are. Um, and you know, Thursday when we talked to him after practice, he he seemed a little bit more juiced, a little bit more fired up. And I asked him about it, and he just said, "Well, he just got done talking to his team." And you know, I'm sure he gave one of those speeches that he gives, you know, where he was still kind of jacked up and his blood was going a little bit, and. You know, as he was talking, you know, I, covering him for now four years, 
you get a pretty you know you, you get a pretty good idea you know when he's when he's amped up when he's fired up he talks really fast um and uh he gets after it from a from that standpoint and he was doing that a little bit on on thursday and uh, you know i'm sure it's calmed down just a bit but um you know i think the rutgers game kind of set him back set this team back a little bit from a confidence standpoint and, you know, it's going to be up to him to get it back. The one thing that can't happen on Saturday, the one thing that cannot happen on Saturday is for Purdue to get blown out. That I just don't think that can happen. That, that would be, to me, um, a bad sign of where, where this team is at and in the bigger picture where the program is at. They've played a lot of close games. All of the games have been close games. They've been every, in every game. Up to this point, there's no reason to think that that will change. But sometimes in these situations, something snaps or something happens where the uh, runaway snowball just is out of control and you end up on uh, a lopsided score where you're just shaking your head. And uh, to me, that, that cannot happen on Saturday. I think that would be a really bad sign of where things stand uh, right now going in, going into the bucket game. You know, ideally Purdue gets a win. They, they get a little bit of their mojo back and then you head into the bucket game with a little bit of momentum and, you know, maybe, maybe Jeff Brom gets that fire back that, that I think has been missing. Um, and, you know, things finish on a, on a positive note uh, for this season. All right, well, we'll be back after the game on Saturday to, to recap what happened and how it happened and why it happened and uh, look ahead uh, to you know what it might mean for the bucket game and what it might mean for Indiana. Uh, probably touch on basketball a little bit after Friday night's game against Valparaiso and look ahead to the Big Ten um, ACC Challenge where Purdue will be traveling to Miami in Florida uh, to take on uh, the Hurricanes, and that'll be the next, I think, true, true test for the basketball team as far as can they handle the, the pressure uh, on the perimeter. I, I don't think they'll get Eric Hunter Jr. or Jaden Ivey back for that game. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a similar team to Clemson, ACC team, where they're going to get after you, uh, push you around, be physical. And how does Purdue uh, handle that? Uh, next Tuesday, assuming things go well um, Friday night uh, against uh, Valparaiso. Anyway, appreciate you stopping by. And questions, concerns, comments. Uh, you know how to you know how to find me. I think those of you that are that know their way around, you can you can find me and ask a question or make a comment or tell me how stupid I am. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time. All right, until uh, after the game on Saturday, have a good day, and uh, we will uh, we'll put another edition up uh, late Saturday night. Thank you.